Hello, the Internet. This is Jim Wilson coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the Atlanta Beltline, which Wikipedia describes as a former railway corridor around Atlanta, under development in stages as a multi-use trail. If you are from here, you know that it's awesome and people love it. There are tons of historical buildings and fun local businesses, the Trees Atlanta, Arboretum, and tons of art installations along the path. As you may know, I am building an app about the Beltline. It's called Beltour. Beltour is a location-aware audio tour about the Beltline. It is awesome. You just drop your phone in your pocket and forget about it. No need to ever be pulled out of the moment to punch buttons on a tiny screen. It uses GPS, so when you walk up to something cool, an expert on the thing is there to tell you about it. So for example, when you walk up to a historical building, boom, a historian is there in your earbuds to tell you about all the interesting things that that building is famous for. When you walk up to a piece of art, boom, the artist is there in your earbuds to tell you about the inspiration and process behind the piece. It's really cool. I can't wait to share it with you. Head on over to belttour.com, two T's, and check it out and get more information. You can enter your email address to win fun perks like early access to the app. So check it out, belttour.com, two T's. This recording, however, is just a sample audio clip taken from the app so I could share it with you before releasing it to the iTunes store. For now, imagine you are walking south down the Beltline and you just crossed over the North Avenue Bridge. Trees Atlanta has commissioned a project called the 33 Oaks Project. It looks like a bunch of polished steel leaves. Enjoy. Take a look at all the sculptures coming up on your left. You don't need to stop here, but slow down so you can appreciate them as you walk slowly on by. These were commissioned by Trees Atlanta in an effort to educate the public about trees found in Georgia. Each of the 33 leaves you see here represents one of the 33 oak trees native to this state. It actually started out as the 31 Oaks Project. But then they learned of an additional two tree species. That's David Landis, by the way, the artist. You know, they're all oak trees, but the variations in the leaves are huge. Uh, and so it's part of the educational project is just showing the public, hey, lo look at all the diversity we have in our oaks in, in Georgia. Around here somewhere is a stump that Trees Atlanta has placed some informational placards inside of. So if you want more information on the Georgia oak trees, feel free to hit pause and take a gander. But let's keep walking while David talks about some of the unexpected challenges in this project. And for me, it's a particular, particularly... Um, interesting challenge because there's twofold you know there, there's the education component and then there's the visual arts component you know the the fact that you're still creating a design that's for me is something beautiful and, and melts with the landscape but still being able to recognize the leaves for the species that they are so you get both sides of that kind of uh, coin let's keep on walking there's more to see So yeah, that's what it's like to use Belttour. If you liked that, go sign up at belttour.com, two T's. The rest of this audio clip is just the raw footage of my interview with David Landis. So if you want, continue listening. If not, no hard feelings. All right, bye. Pretty good. All right. So yeah, thanks for being with me. I already told you about what my app was about. Um, well, 
Can you maybe just give me a quick introduction about you and how you got into sculpting? And uh, Yeah, uh, my name's David Landis. I'm a sculptor in Atlanta. Uh, I got into sculpting, uh, really, I have a business degree from Georgia State, um, but I really didn't want to use it. I just wound up um, renting my own studio and starting a sculpture just because I was interested in it. Uh, and then years ago, my studio was robbed uh, and all my tools were taken. And it led me to go to Georgia, back to Georgia State to uh, just take a couple classes till I could replace my tools, which was the best thing that ever happened to me, getting robbed, because that then led to getting a master's degree and from master's degree to teaching, from teaching and getting more commission work. And then commission work has been so strong that I just now all I do is just the commission work or sculpture work. I don't have to teach anymore. Uh, so that's kind of how how I got into it. Uh, and and these days, you know, there's a lot of big. I do a lot of big public art, uh, mainly metals, cast bronze, welded stainless steel, as you can tell. Uh, and and recently, been doing a few projects with Trees Atlanta. Yeah, very cool. Um, so now you're, you said you're doing it, the sculpting, the commission work full time. Did you sort of ease into it from after, like after you graduated? Um, uh, yeah, it was a natural progression, you, and, and I think it's a normal way that uh, artists progress through graduate school, if you take that route. You know, graduate school leads to teaching, you know, generally, even if it's student teaching for a while. Uh, and then it exposes you to you know, other artists and other techniques, and, and then slowly you get into uh, doing your own projects. And then as those projects progress, you know, it's like anyone, you're building a resume, and you're you know, you once you <laughs> once you sell a few pieces, it's easier to sell the next one, and it just kind of builds a slow slow process. So it's with public art, and that's m mainly what I do is public art. It, you know, you get a you get one with a small budget, and, which leads to getting one with a slightly bigger budget and the next size up, and and then slowly different public art commissioning agencies you know trust you with bigger and bigger budgets. So it's you know it's a slow build process. Yeah, sure, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, can you take me back to like the moment? I'm assuming there's a moment here when you knew there was kind of something here. You, um, you know, didn't, didn't start doing this full time. Um, no, you know, it was. It was. I think the big moment is really just when I decided to not use my business degree and jump into it. Uh, I told my fiance at the time uh, that you know I'm going to be a sculptor, and not going to use this business degree, and you know, gave her you know, gave her a way out. Uh, she chose stuck with me and and. My, We've been married for you know, 20 years now, and it's just been fantastic. So I guess that was my big moment of making the leap into the field. Uh, but from that moment on, it has actually just been this great natural progression of, of venturing into the field. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what was the way out? Like, y'all would have broken up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that may have been the... That, that was a choice I gave her, but no, she... We, we were tight, so I joke around about it. But no, we we were meant to be together, so it's been it's been perfect. Uh, of course, um, yeah, cool. Let's see. All right, so you know some of these things are. Uh, I like to get little sound bites for the app, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, can we talk about this project specifically? And well, then, you know, later about the yeah. Well, let's do the, let's do this one since it's right on the table here. Sure, yeah. um, so this project is commissioned through Trees Atlanta. Uh, and it's part of an educational grant. Uh, so uh, this is the 33 Oaks project. And, uh, you know, so did you know there were 33 oak species in Georgia, native oak species? Um, 
I did not until I started looking at Yeah, I, I didn't either. Yeah. <laughs> so it actually started out as the 31 Oaks project, but the, the, you know, apparently there was some discrepancy you know, or discussion on the actual the number of native species. So it went from the 31 Oaks <laughs> project to the 33 Oaks project. Interesting. Uh, so one on like the, the walking tour, which is Atlanta, like yeah. a while ago. This, that's when I first learned about that the, there's 33. And I don't know if I just wasn't quite awake yet on Saturday morning or if yeah. I just heard her, but I was like, no. There are definitely more than 33 oak trees in Georgia. You can see 33 like right here. What are you guys talking about? Yeah. But species. But the species, yeah. And that's, you know, there's hundreds across the world. But yeah. yeah but what's so interesting about this project is, um, you know, they're all oak trees, but the variations in the leaves are huge. Uh, and so as part of the educational project is just, in B, A, being Trees Atlanta, is just showing the public, hey, look, look at all the diversity we have in our oaks in, in Georgia. Uh, and you know they're a major contributor to the wildlife in our in our region, so or our state. Uh, so that was kind of the impetus of getting this going. So and and for me, it's a particular particularly um, interesting challenge because there's twofold. You know, there, there's the education component, and then there's the visual arts component. You know, the the fact that you're still creating a design that's for me, it's something beautiful and, and melds with the landscape. Uh, but still being able to recognize the leaves for the species that they are, so you get the comp- both sides of that kind of uh, coin. Uh, and so that's been, that's been fun. They're coming together slowly. Um, they're welded stainless steel, so they're fabricated. Uh, a lot of people ask me if they're cast or not, which is like where you melt metal and you pour them. You know, they are, these are actually um, built by, as you can tell here, cutting out the stainless sheets, uh, cutting in the grooves for the, for the veined veins, Welding together, making the stands, you know, so it's, it's a long, drawn-out process. It's actually really, really labor-intensive. Uh, but it, the end result will be actually something really beautiful. Um, and right now, you know, it's only half done. The first 17 are in. Uh, and so it's a little sparse on that hillside because it's a pretty big hillside uh, on the belt line. But as they fill in, these, this next group of 16 will come in and kind of punctuate a little bit more throughout that whole hillside. Uh, and I think it will really activate that whole hillside. Yeah, and I think it'll be, it's, I think it's the largest uh, landscape public sculpture that uh, we have in Atlanta. Wow. I'm not surprised. Yeah, no, whether it stays that way, I don't know, but <laughs> it will be for a little while. Uh, what's like second place? I don't know yet. You know the big solo wit piece uh, in um, Old Fourth Ward yeah. or down Highland Avenue is, is actually a really large piece. Yeah. So, all right, so you were talking about how these are labor-intensive, like how long does one take? Uh, you know, there are different sizes. The bigger ones, like the ones we're doing here, or the complicated ones with all these extra curves and things, uh, more welding, more grinding. Uh, so they're about eight days each, uh, which, you know, I was hoping to be able to do them in five days each. But, you know, the larger ones are about eight. Some of the other ones we trim back down. Uh, but, yeah, just the... from finding the oak leaf to do the original patterns from and blowing up the patterns and then taking the patterns to the sheet steel and then cutting the sheet steel and then all these layers of process. Uh, so by the time I, <laughs> James over there, <laughs> he gets to grind and then polish and uh, you know he's a main advisor on <laughs> helping out with all kinds of components of doing this uh, on how to, how to create these just the right, you know, twisting them and forming them. There's a lot of little battles that we go through with each one because they're all individual. They, and so each one is its own set of problems, uh, which is, you know, that's part of the great part about sculpture is there's no one way. You know, if we were making 20 of the same thing, it'd be boring and we'd just be like a factory. But instead, everyone is a different, you know, 
set of challenges and putting it together and you know making it its own life. Yeah, very cool. Sorry, like uh, just a little preface in a real dialogue. I might be more nodding along and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fine. Like, cool take. Um, so you mentioned the leaves. Uh, how involved was Trees Atlanta in, or is it just you? Do you go find one of the leaves, or did they oh. present you with charts? Is this based on an actual? Leaf? Yeah, well, they uh, they actually Trees Atlanta. I mean. First, I'll just rave about Trees Atlanta just because they're a big believe, believer in their cause. Uh, and uh, they've really been wonderful to work with. They, um, you know, they've had interns help me. They've had volunteers help. Their volunteer group is pretty fantastic. So they actually helped install, uh, do a lot of the concrete work before those other pieces went in. But as far as coming up with the designs, yeah, they, I did have some input from some the landscape architects and the board and, uh, and Greg Levine over at Trees Atlanta and Connie. Uh, their whole staff is very helpful. But... I have over there in my book, um, walking the belt line and throughout, I've done a lot of hikes since I got the project uh, and collecting leaves um, because not all leaves are the same, you know, and as I learned, uh, young leaves are a lot different than older leaves. Uh, shade leaves are a lot different than high sun leaves. Uh, so you're trying to pick a typical leaf that represents the species, uh, but you're also trying to pick one, if you were to lay out 10 typical leaves, they all have their own character, uh, much like a fingerprint or something. So some are what I consider more beautiful design-wise than others, you know, whether they have subtle curves or you know, those kind of things. And those are the ones I try to pick so then I could work with. And we do stencils of them you know, so then we can actually trace real leaves. A couple of the plants we have not been able to get actual leaves from, uh, and so then we're going off. Uh, well, one, one is a resource that Trees Atlanta gave me, and it's the World Book of Oaks. Uh, I think that's the title. I have to go check. Uh, but that's a great resource for kind of finding out what a typical leaf looks like. Yeah, very cool. Um, I was wondering, and that, that's, uh, I'm yeah. very happy to hear that. I figured it was going to be more, well, I didn't really get that much thought to it, but there would be more yeah. like encyclopedias of leaves or things like that. That's cool. You have, yeah, it, you know, laid out. and I thought I had good ones uh, for, for a while there at last fall when uh, we were doing the first half. Uh, and then, of course, I realized I didn't actually have a lot of good samples that I thought I had, uh, and then fall hit, and they're all on the ground. So <laughs> it doesn't help much for finding your leaves when you're in, when you're in midwinter. So you know some some of those I had to go back to some of the ones I collected earlier on, and then really shuffle through them to find some of the samples. Yeah, hmm. yeah, that's great. So is there a particular thing like let's say we're walking down the belt line together, coming up on the installation here? Just like a fun fact, like point out, oh, that one, you'll never guess how long like this little curve took or yeah. something like that. That might be fun for people to know. Uh, yeah, let's see how, how much blood has been shed by <laughs> walking past these sharp edges while you're putting them together. Yeah, no, there's yeah, no, there's no, <laughs> there's no, uh, yeah, I can't, I can do it in courts. Uh, no, uh, as far as real fun, fun facts. Um, or something you're proud of, like you want to point out, like, ah, um, you know, a particular element that you want people to see? I mean, this isn't really yeah, you really know, mean. I guess really what I like is uh, I tried to keep them accurate, but still stylistically my own, if that makes any sense. Uh, and I try to keep them subtle and elegant, too, by using a vein pattern that's kind of subtle. It doesn't stand right out for you. Uh, the great part about the stainless is it, it really blends into the surroundings, you know, the high polish. So even though you get glints and glares, it, it also picks up the colors of everything in the surrounding hillside. So as that native grass grows up, uh, these really reflect the 
the native grasses and the sky and clouds and even the people passing by. So it's really, I find it interactive that way, uh, and it changes a lot with weather, weather conditions and you know seasons and that kind of a concept. Okay, I agree. I, uh, that's my favorite part about about these. Yeah. You can see that kind of. Yeah, sure. Um, so sort of a similar thing. We're walking up to that. Someone says, hey, what's that? What All right. Uh, that one, uh, it's funny. That one's the, called Northern White, after the Northern White Rhino. Uh, and I was trying not to be overly literal with that piece. Um, but, I, you know, it's funny. As an artist, I, I collect little bits of information. Uh, and that one I had read an article years ago um, about members of the zoolo- zoological Community were to trying to decide what to do about the northern white rhinos. They were disappearing. Uh, only seven left in the world of breeding age, uh, and they were trying. You know, clearly they weren't breeding in the zoo, so they were having an argument: Do we release them um, uh, to a conser- conservancy in Africa and see if they do it on their own, or do we keep them in the zoo so we can actually keep an eye on them and really try to make this happen? So they chose to release them, uh, and it's been a hard process so you know so that article I read just kind of stewed in my head for a while there uh, and when I finally had a little extra time I decided I wanted to take it on as a project uh, just because you know the end of any species is a pretty huge uh, impact on the world and especially something pretty um, I don't know so magnificent as, as the rhino uh, so now you know flash forward a few years later I did the piece uh, and I don't know if you noticed uh, that piece um is sheared off on one side, uh, so it's it's the fully formed rhino head on one side, and the other side is sheared off up to the neck, uh, and so you know it's kind of from one side it's a little more abstract, a little more like a cloud-like form, uh, and the other side of course is the more realistic side, uh, and I don't know I think I like that aspect of it. Uh, you know I think if I were to do it again, I probably would have made it a little bit more abstract than I actually did, but, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda, <laughs> you know, the way things go. Uh, but now, as far as the story goes, uh, now we're down to the last male of breeding age uh, standing. So there's a whole campaign, you know, saying last, man, uh, last male standing. Uh, and I'll pronounce this wrong, but he's on the Opeta Conservancy uh, in Kenya. Uh, and so they're... He's got his own private guard guarding him from poachers. Uh, and now they're trying to do a, um in vitro breeding program. I think they're going to try and get some money to raise enough money uh, to see if they can crossbreed surgically uh, as a last-ditch effort. You know, I don't know how clearly sounds extremely complicated and a little dire, but, you know. So anyway, I thought it was a nice way to kind of honor and, you know, keep... Keep them around. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I think so too. Um, I was doing a little research before here because I'd seen little descriptions of that piece before, and they're dated from at the time when there was four. Yeah. So I was curious about well, what now. Um, and yeah, I like what you said about. Hmm, I agree with you. Coming down from the other trail there, you yeah, can just it doesn't look like a rhino. It's like a shape, and it's very like shiny, like these leaves polished. Um, I noticed that and I liked it, but I don't know why. So it's fun to hear, uh, you know, it's sheared yeah. off. And, 
don't know. Thanks for explaining that. Yeah, and, you know, and everyone, yeah, it's funny if you go stand next to it. You know, it, it's really fun when people don't know you're the artist and you're standing next to it, and you see, <laughs> you hear all kinds of comments. You know, some people love it, but some people come up on the abstract side, and you, you know, you hear this, you know, what the hell is it? Which is kind of, you know, I, I enjoy that part of it. You know, I enjoy that a lot. And of course, the strangest things happen over there on the Bell Line. You know, it's great. You know, I, I was there one day. I was just there to photograph it after it was installed, and um, a dance group was coming in that night to do an interpretive dance. Uh, around it with their own rhino so they were holding a rhino up doing interpretive dance to this particular rhino uh, and I came up another time uh, and there was a girl doing a photo shoot hanging off the horn and skimply dressed <laughs> you know for her port- portfolio uh, which was pretty hilarious you know, and then during the lantern, lantern parade uh, recently uh, every year you know, people gather around it's a good place to stand while the parade goes by uh, but this year it had, uh, someone had tossed all kinds of those light-up glow sticks all around the horns and everything. So it was really kind of fun to see it, people being interacting with it in that way. That's cool to hear that it sounds like you weren't upset that people were... Oh, know. no, it's it's out in the public. It's what's great about public art. You know, you can, it's part of, it's part of their world not now, not my world. So, you know, other than, you know, vandalism, I'm all for however you want to <laughs> treat it. You know, and and luckily, I think we put it up high enough where generally, I, it's it's not the easiest thing or the most fun thing to climb. So I don't think I really worry about that. Uh, and it's really engineered to handle it if someone does climb it. I was about to ask about that with the girl up there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Piece of metal. So. Yeah. Yeah. She and all of her friends could hang off that, and it would be just fine. <laughs> um, how much does it weigh? I got you put it up there. Uh, you know, it was interesting. The, it was. And I'm trying to remember now. I think the, just the rhino head itself, the sculpture part, was um, 400, four, 450, something like that, 400 pounds. Uh, and then the base itself was probably around 350 or around there. So it's, it weighs a good amount. Uh, at the time, we couldn't get a crane to install it on the belt line, so we had to uh, dismantle my gantry crane here, and I had to create a mobile gantry crane uh, to roll on the sidewalk there, but at the time the sidewalks were new, so we couldn't even roll the gantry crane on it. We had to put plywood down and roll it a little bit and plywood down. And so we had to roll it, you know, a few hundred yards, you know, to get it into place. Uh, so it was a little trickier than, you know, just if you could just have a crane pull up and pluck it off your truck and put it right down instead of taking, you know, a couple hours. It took a really long day and uh, some good help. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. I had no idea. Um, Cool. So let's see. Uh, what about kind of the process of making that? Because it's it looks different than these. Uh, yeah, these uh, these are a high polish. The leaves are a high polish stainless steel, um, and the rhino is just more of a satin finish. Uh, so the the leaves are a lot trickier to work with uh, because you know they scratch so easily and it's so easily to mar the surface. Um, but the good thing about the polish is it really repels, it, it lasts really well outdoors. And if for graffiti reasons too, or anything like that, you know, if someone spray paints them or whatever, it cleans up real nicely. So the Rhino has a bit more of a brushed finish, you would call it. Uh, and it was funny, as I started that project, um, I had a large amount of leftover scrap stainless steel. And I'd been staring at it for a long time in the back parking lot here and I was trying to decide and I decided well I'm just going to make something out of it and so 
the Rhino article I'd read and, and being having that interest, and I saw this big pile of scrap that I needed to use, and I had a little extra time on my hands, so I just started using scrap pieces. So the, if you were to look at the inside of that Rhino, it's a pretty disgusting mess of <laughs> really scrappy bits of stainless. Uh, and then, so as I brought it forward and finishing it out, then it's all finished stainless on the outside, but the inside has actually got a lot of, uh, a lot of rough cut stainless. Huh. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, cool. Let's see. I think I definitely got enough, like, you know, for the app. Um, all right. Anything else you just want to, like, say where people find your work? Oh, yeah, I'll show you. Hey, just, just with kicks, I'll show you the layers of the, of the ins inside of the rhino, so you can kind of see what the inside look, <laughs> looked like yeah, cool. uh, before. Yeah, yeah awesome. for all the different layers, but you can see all the scrap that was on the inside, which is kind of a right, interesting little bits you yeah, know, that, cool. that I keep around. Uh, but if, if people wanted to see more of what I do, um, it's LandisSculpture.com or my Facebook page, which is the same thing, Landis Sculpture. Uh, but, you know, it's, we have a lot of people that come actually come down to the studio here. Since I'm not too far from the Beltline, you know, I do have a lot of clients that come down this way. But every now and then people see things on the Beltline, they call me up and they want to come visit the studio, and I'm, I'm always open to that. <laughs> yeah, I'm open to that. I mean, as long as it doesn't take too much. We're, we are in the middle of making things, so we can't take all day, but it's always nice to see people. Yeah, it's fun to be here. It's just like, it's yeah. fun to see, like, behind the scenes how things are made. Yeah, and it's always changing, you know, because I go between this stuff to these cast animal figures and... Yeah. Uh, different different projects. Pretty cool. Well, all right. Thanks a lot. Sure. I think I've definitely got what I need here.